0: someone asked me to describe Cynthia Graubart in one word, I would say elegant. That is her presence. Her voice is strong and commands your attention. Cynthia attained culinary celebrity status last year. She won a James Beard Award for the cookbook she co-wrote with famed Southern author Natalie Dupree. It's called Mastering the Art of Southern Cooking, and it is amazing. It took four years to write, and it weighs six and a half pounds. It's got 750 recipes, and another 650 variations on the standards. It is becoming itself a standard, a Bible for any Southern cook. I met Cynthia in a coffee shop in Knoxville, Tennessee. We were both there for the Southern Food Writing Conference, and she had just recently found out that she had won the James Beard Award. And so I asked her how much she and Natalie had thought about the likelihood of winning while they were working on the project.
1: When you sit down to consider, even consider, writing something so all-encompassing about the South, you take it seriously. And you hope that you're pouring your heart and soul out into a work that will be recognized somehow. And it can be recognized in a lot of different ways. Winning a James Beard award, of course, is the the pinnacle and I've got to admit that it crossed our minds that it's possible in the end what we create if we keep our goals set, our bar set very high, that we could create something that could be considered for an award. So it was in the back of our minds, but it wasn't what drove us daily.
0: What do you think drove you daily?
1: Both Natalie and I are very passionate about what we do, and we brought that passion into this subject by making sure that we were just looking at every aspect of Southern food and making sure that we were covering those things that needed to be um, documented and codified uh, for the future. And. So we, we brought that passion and, and, and put it in, into all of the details.
0: What are elements of the book that needed to be in there for sure? And what are elements that maybe were on the, on the edge? It was like, well, if we don't have room, then this one can go. What were those, what were those um, may omits? What were the things that, that you set out as you're prioritizing the subjects of the book?
1: Well, we looked, of course, at the basics, and and that just making the list of the basics made the book enormous. Um, and then we had sort of the the maybe put in list, and those were things that perhaps were uh, unique to a certain area and not not well known. Um, you know, we had, we had to be mindful of size. I mean, this could be a 2,000-page book uh, to write about all the food of the South. We have so many different pockets in different regions. Uh, so we worked off that list of, of the basics and found that we had a lot of material. So what we did, we took, looked at the list of the maybes and said, okay, what, what's essential here? What is basic about that recipe? And usually it was a riff off of a more well-known standard recipe. And I think that's what makes this book so valuable is all of the variations. So we took those maybes and said, hmm, okay, let's treat this as a variation of a standard recipe. So that way we were able to include even more.
0: What surprises did you have?
1: thing that's particularly surprising when, when you take a look at the volume that we were dealing with um, it's particularly surprising that that the basics still need to be taught and it's easy to take for granted that people know how to cook and so you can easily get caught up in a recipe shorthand. And we had to remind ourselves, and it's what we do on a daily basis, and we're out there helping people learn how to cook. But even then, you know, we've been cooking for so long, and we know these recipes so well, that we had to catch ourselves to make sure that we were writing directions that were clear. And so that was a constant recurring theme and surprise when we would write a recipe and then we would give it to someone to test. And that constantly provided clarity for us. And the best person to have test a recipe is a literalist. It's really wonderful because you know exactly the assumptions that you've made and you can correct those. There's probably still a few left in the book, but not many, I can promise you that.
0: You speak about the basics. Give me some examples of the basics of Southern cooking.
1: People don't fry chicken anymore. And yet, there's a curiosity about it. Uh, there's a desire on, uh, for people to recreate the dishes of their childhood. They may remember that their grandmother always made something, and they'd like to give it a try. And finding a traditional recipe that can actually be made by today's cook is a challenge. And we feel we've addressed that challenge. And so if somebody wants to learn how to fry a chicken, they can follow the recipe in the book. And they're going to be able to be successful. So we've provided all the information they need to be able to recreate that dish in a step-by-step fashion and not mess it up. You know people are terrified of certain things about cooking. Universally, biscuits and pie crusts. People are terrified of that. And it's, those are things that we don't make every day and that take practice. And people don't give themselves permission to practice. There's a culture that we have of, which I think is largely because of the Food Network, uh, that We can run out and buy a basket full of exotic, expensive ingredients that we've seen somebody make on television and run home and make that dish, when in fact you are then a massive failure in the kitchen and you take that to mean that you can't cook. It's just not the way the world works. And having a book like this that that really addresses the basics and even for an accomplished cook, there's information in there, tidbits that will help anyone either learn for the first time or perfect their technique. And that's why we wrote the book.
0: Now that the book is out, now that the book is finished, the whole project is done, how how can you define Southern cooking?
1: Natalie and I have been debating what is the South for four years, and I suppose people have been debating debating that for Many, many years beyond that, um, it's very hard to define the South. People begin by saying it's the states of the Confederacy. Well, then you look around the edges and you've got some problem areas and you know is the- is Kentucky the South? People will argue maybe there are some pockets that are and pockets that aren't. Texas is a huge problem. How do you define Texas and perhaps a little bit of East Texas, yes, but it's not just geography. Uh, it has to do with with the foodways and and their origins. And so, state lines aren't necessarily the dividing line for what is the South. And you know, you have the mountains, you have the Appalachian culture, you have the Low Country. Look at our bounty. Aren't we not the luckiest people in the world? We have. It trout from our rivers. We have shrimp from the Gulf and and the Atlantic. We have just the, we have rich growing soil, three growing seasons. I, we're so fortunate. What is the South? It's a pretty big and awesome place. And,
0: and the last question is: If you're going to sum up in a couple of sentences how one masters the art of southern cooking, how would you how would you explain that?
1: To master the art of Southern cooking is to get into the kitchen and cook and cook with the desire to first feed yourself and make yourself happy and know what you like and know how to cook that because when you master that, it will make cooking for others a pleasure and that's what we hope people will do.
0: Cynthia, thank you for joining me today.
1: Completely my pleasure. Thank you.
0: You can find Cynthia Grabark, Natalie Dupree's Beard Award-winning cookbook, Mastering the Art of Southern Cooking, anywhere books are sold. Cynthia also has a new cookbook called Slow Cooking for Two: Double Dinners, that is coming out in April. For more information, go to CynthiaGrabart.com. To see photographs and videos of the people we've featured and to hear other episodes of the show, click on over to AuthenticSouth.com. You'll find everything from Shape Note Singers in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia to rattlesnakes in a gift shop in the Wichita Mountains of Oklahoma. You can also hear us at WFAE.org, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and Public Radio Exchange. As always, the theme music is by Chris Hoke and Brett Estep. Until we go south again, thanks for listening.